Hey, Lead the Gen fam. Welcome to season two of the Student Leadership Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. We believe that Gen Z students can be incredible leaders in their homes, schools, and churches. And this podcast is all about helping you grow as a leader. Great student leadership is a result of having a great relationship with Jesus. So we also want to help you deepen your faith and understanding of God. If you love this podcast, please do us a favor and write a review and rate it on whatever platform you're listening from. And don't forget to hit subscribe. We'll be dropping new episodes several times a week throughout the school year. And be sure to share it with other amazing student leaders like yourself. This podcast is sponsored by our partner, WorldServe International. WorldServe is addressing the water crisis in Africa, where over 790 million people do not have access to clean drinking water. You and I can be part of solving this crisis. Go to WorldServeintl.org to get started. So get ready. The Student Leadership Podcast starts right now. What's going on, students? And welcome to the Overtime episode where me, I'm Jordan, and all my boys in the studio, we're breaking down Chris Stanley's awesome last episode. Make sure you check that bad boy out. He was spitting flames. Basically so like, like a sermon meets, you know, a lesson meets leadership. It was so awesome. So I, as I said- A little bit of everything in there. I know, I know. So there's so much that we can break down. Uh, so let's just get straight to it. Uh, talk to me, what stood out to you guys uh, with what Chris Stanley was talking about? As a quick summary, he was talking about what real influence is like, looking at the life of the Apostle Paul, how he introduced himself, how he lived his life, Seven Sons of Sceva, and how real influence looks a little bit different than I think we see influence in the year 2022. I absolutely love the progression he walked us through in how Paul introduced himself yes. in all of his letters in the New Testament. I've, ne- I've never seen that before so for me I was like oh this is so good and when you understand like Paul's spiritual journey that started with a place of a lot of arrogance because you know he was so well trained and so you know well nuanced in his knowledge of the law and then the older he gets the more humble he gets. I'm like, oh, that's so good. What a great model for influence. Okay, I don't get why he was so down on himself, though, because I feel like he was getting to be a better Christian as he got older and older. He was preaching. He was planting more churches. What do you think the correlation is? Because I typically think when you say things like, I'm the worst sinner, you know, or I'm the the least of the apostles, that there would be some correlation with, like, a struggle or something like that. I don't know. Why do you think that Paul continually every time he introduced himself kind of put himself lower and lower on the totem pole or or lower on the pedestal. Oh gosh, is there a right answer to this? I don't know. <laughs> it's I, a genuine question. I don't know. I feel like anytime I'm talking with somebody that's older though, they've been hit with enough reality that they don't think of themselves as that big. Okay. Like, that's probably true. Whenever I'm listening to like John Maxwell, I'm like, you should be this amazing superstar. And he's like, hi, I'm a person just like you. Yeah. yeah. And it's crazy because I, I love even Paul's life at the very beginning. He had like this huge like streak of success. Like whenever he was like, yeah, I'm going to kill all these people. And I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, if that's, like, if that's success. But... For him at that time, <laughs> for him, he was being successful in what he was doing. Okay, this isn't going well. I love you. No, anyway, I know, I know. No, but at the beginning, like he had a goal. He yes. was being successful yeah, with he was. it. But then like, I, I think that's kind of the, the common trap a lot of people would fall into is they're like, just because I'm getting results doesn't mean it's good. Hmm. And after a while, like 
the person that we look back on as Paul and think about, look at these amazing results. It's not because of like, look at all this amazing stuff that you did. Like, look at what God did through you. Okay, Colin brings up something that I see in a lot of young leaders and myself, unfortunately, which is not good, which is, you're talking about, I think, a little bit self-promotion. Like, right now, it feels like in order to get our content, our brand, or even just like us be popular, you kind of need to self-promote. Something I found myself doing when I first went to college is referencing all my high school accolades. Not, not this guy. I peaked in high school. Like, like I was. I was like, oh, yeah, I did this with the guitar. Or my band did this or whatever. And it felt so gross and so nasty, but I think it was probably correlated to an insecurity that I had where I need to reference the cool things I've done so people see me as cool. But Colin, you're talking about you thought people are cool because they were humble because they didn't, you know, John Maxwell isn't like, Hey, do you read all my books? But he was like, Hey, I'm a person. I don't know. I think that's, that's really interesting. Okay. Can we go back to your, your question there about Paul? Cause, cause here, so here's a thought. He writes the book of Romans towards the end, right? It's his greatest work. End of his life. End of his life. Yeah. yeah right. In Romans seven, this is where Paul, uh, talks about like, why do I do what I don't want to do? Who will rescue me from this body of death? He's talking about sin, sin nature, whatever. A lot of scholars have wrestled with the idea of when Paul wrote Romans 7, was he referring to himself in his pre-conversion state or in his current state? Oh. And so it becomes an interesting theological discussion because because my thought and, yeah, I was and gonna ask. my thought really is like, no, no. Paul, even at a more advanced place of yeah. spiritual maturity, is still humble enough that he knows I'm still wrestling with some of the stuff that I wrestle with. Like, that's how I, I interpret that. I agree. I, I've always seen it that way too. Yeah. I think as you get older and as you get closer to God and the more you realize that God is so holy and perfect and blameless, the more you realize that, the more you start to realize that I am screwed up and sinful yeah. and I'm deceitful and I can be manipulative and, and I can have all these issues. And when you, when you first come to Christ, you kind of have a moment where you feel like, Oh, I'm a Christian now. Yeah. I made it. I'm good now. Yeah. Right. And then as you start to get older, you start to grow in your faith. You're discipled more. You start to learn more about what it means to really be a follower of Christ. You let the Holy spirit speak into your life. The more you start to realize like, Oh, I'm really screwed up. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the sanctification process Dude, and yes. the pruning that we talked about a couple episodes and the being refined that we talked about a couple episodes. Yeah, so that's good. what it's all about. Yo, and he mentioned this in there about how important that private devotion is. And I think about this, like anytime I'm around people that are better than me or smarter than me, I walk away from that just feeling humbled of like, oh, wow, I'm, I, I got some work to do. Like anytime I'm around people that are older or more mature, I have this thought and it makes sense that the more you're around God, the more you're going to have that thought of like, Oh, true. I really like have a lot going on that needs to change a lot of problems. So it would make sense if you were at like Paul's point where you are writing the Bible, I'd imagine <laughs> you have some intimacy with God to realize just how messed up of a human being you, you better, are. Right? That's you better, right? That's Okay, yeah. And it makes sense because God is, we know that he is holy, right? That word distinctly, uniquely other, so different than us in a perfect state. So if we're around that, we're like, hey, I'm doing pretty good. Something is off. We, we probably should be like, oh, uh, this God is so different than me. Okay, but I have, I have a practical question then because 
you know, I talked about the season where Jordan was like, I'm the man, like I can lead worship and preach and kind of toting my own accomplishments. And then I had a whole other season where I was like, yeah, I suck. And I actually posted about like, you know, oh, I had a fall or I was like this or that kind of really trying to lean into that humility. What's the proper balance? Do we have to refer to ourselves as like sinners all the time? Chief of sinners. Yeah. (laughs) Do we put that in our Insta bio? Like, okay. And I've met, I've met kind of a brand of Christianity that I don't think I like that is sort of always like, I am nothing. I am trash. I am a sinner. And that's not very attractive to me. But then I've met kind of another brand of Christianity that's sort of, you know, like, you're the best. You're the man. Rah, rah, ree. Kick him in the knee. Like, you got it. That I don't know if I like either. Talk to me about good balance. Like, you're mentoring one of the students listening. What's a good balance on how we talk about ourselves? Should we call ourselves sinners? Should we not? Yeah, I'll go. I think that, man, a lot of times, because I feel like I know some of the people, not like the specific people, but like that, I know kind of that crowd that you're referring to, I think. And I think a lot of times it can seem disingenuine. Like they're just- When they're, when they're saying they're sinners, that, that brand of people? Yeah, I think when they first got into that mindset, I think they were, they definitely meant it. And there was definitely integrity there. And I think after a while, sometimes- Maybe it can be like, oh, I played my sinner card today. Like, oh, I'm a sinner. I'm good for the day. Like, that's my pass. Oh, I admitted it. I admit, I admitted today that I'm screwed up and that I make mistakes. So, so I'm good. And it's almost like, almost like a little bit of virtue signaling. At least that's kind of what it comes across or, like to me. Or, because that doesn't seem that private and personal. Yeah. It doesn't seem like you're letting the Holy Spirit really change you. It, it feels like you're proclaiming to the outside world, yeah, I'm screwed up. That's why I have all these issues. That's why I do these things. That's why I say these things. So, and it could be kind of weaponized. Take it or leave it. It could be weaponized a little bit, sort of like, oh, well, I know I'm trash. And if you don't think you're trash, like I know I'm trash, then you're not like a mature Christian. It's almost like a brand of Christianity. So, so I understand. Any any other thoughts on that? Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go back to the passage of scripture I mentioned a minute ago, Romans seven, and let's also include all of Romans chapter eight then. Because in Romans 7, Paul is talking, why do I do what I don't want to do? Who will rescue me from this body of death? Oh, wretched man that I am. There it is. And Romans 8, Paul's like, there is therefore now no condemnation. This is why we bring you on the podcast. Christ Jesus, <laughs> nothing can separate me from the love of God, right? I mean, I mean, some some scholars and preachers say, they call Romans 8 the great 8 because they say it's the greatest chapter in the entire Bible, right? So I just say, let's learn to live in the tension of those two chapters. Let's learn to live with the truths of those two chapters where, yes, I have a sin nature, oh, wretched man that I am, but I I am not living and operating under the condemnation of Christ. I'm living and operating in the great love and acceptance of, of what God did for me and what Christ provided for me and forgiveness on the cross. Yeah, I, I love that, that the whole like, hey, let's look at this book as a whole, not just these couple verses and chapters yes. here. Um, but going back to what Jordan was saying, I think, I think one of the maybe problems that I have with those people who are saying all the time, oh, I deal with this, I'm a sinner, I'm, I messed up. And then on the other side, the people who say, there's no condemnation in Christ, I'm fully accepted and fully loved. To me, it just seems like, wow, your personal prayer and devotion life is very public. Ooh. It doesn't seem like this stuff is happening in, in a private place, right? Ooh. And he talked about 
earlier, he talked about if you're not having your your private devotional and prayer life, your character and integrity is not going to be able to sustain you when you do get more exposure and influence. What, what are you going to say, Jordan? Okay, I'm freaking out because you're like transitioning perfectly, perfectly to his other thought about the seven sons of Sceva. Do you remember that? I mean, the seven sons of Sceva tried to use the name of Jesus, but the demons were like, we don't know you. We know Paul. We definitely know Jesus, but we don't, who, who are you? So, and put the seven sons in like our context. They had all the branding. Yeah. They had all the platform. They had all the 60 second Insta reels and, and sermon clips. They got and the blue all check the, mark. All the bites. They got the, yeah, they got it all going on. And and they have no substance, and they and ultimately what Chris said was they have no anointing because there's no devotion. Yeah, but I mean, but you're you, Caleb. I was freaking out because it's like, oh, that's so true. Like they didn't have the substance. They didn't have the personal relationship with God. They had it on the outside, not on the inside. Moment of a little bit of conviction when I was listening to that last podcast with Chris was I was thinking, oh, sometimes I do think that I kind of want to be more cool then I want to be effective in ministry because cool is kind of the outward thing. It kind of feels like sometimes I'm like, can I do both? Can I like, you know, have the branding and also be effective, also have that genuine relationship with Jesus? Um, and it was, it was like a little bit convicting to me. So I'll ask this question. What are some signs for you in your life? Let's not talk about students for a second, where you feel like you might be drifting a little bit. It's not like, you know, a backslidden Christian, but you feel yourself drifting a little bit towards worrying a little bit more about appearance than your actual genuine relationship with God. Yeah. So I have been talking a lot, but this like thought came to my mind instantly. There's a lot of times where I'm like, oh, I, I kind of want to grow my influence. And I, I kind of want to grow my, my platform. So I should yeah. post more. Maybe I should make some stories talking about something or like, oh, I did this in my devotions, blah, blah, blah. And I think a lot of times I get kind of like a heart check. Ooh. And I'm like, okay, am I posting this because I really think this is going to help other people? And I really think this has got something something that God spoke to me to share? Or am I posting this because I want other people to see, oh, Caleb posted this and he's thinking about these spiritual things. You, you know, like like I, I got done leading worship at an event, right? Am I going to post about that event because God really radically transformed me and something is so different and I just have to share it? Or am I posting this because I want other people to, to see, oh, Caleb, I worship at this event. And apparently it was really, really great. Wow. Such good self-awareness too, which by the way, I think kind of what I love about this podcast is we are teaching a little bit emotional intelligence. Like why do you do the things that you do and who do you do them for is such a good thing. Wow. Great honesty. Thank you, Caleb. I've been there too, for sure. So to, to scroll back to the, the idea of the sons of Sceva, right? Like they had the delivery, they had the branding. Where did they get that from? Or they probably maybe heard other people or even reusing some of the things that Paul would say, Yeah, probably. which is why they're like, you know, in the name of Jesus and in the name of Paul, you know, they're, yeah. they're doing this. So I, for me being someone in this season of my life where I do a lot of speaking, right. Um, I think the temptation for me is to hear what someone else says and what delivers really well Yes, and be like, Ooh, I'm going to do it exactly like that because that's really effective and I want to be effective that way versus 
me saying, how does God want to use me? What message is God, you know, revealing and showing me from his word and, and choosing that to be the source of my anointing or the anointing, not my anointing, right? Uh, that being the source of the anointing rather than it being a, you know, copycat. Oh, I love this part. Let me just, let me, let me, let me, let me practice that rehearsed line real quick and deliver it in. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if students will identify with this as much, but as someone who is kind of preaching regularly, I need to like slap myself in the face when I read the Bible anymore, or you know, cold water, because sometimes I'm reading it and I'm like, "Ooh, this would be a cool sermon." Oh, I could post this on my story, and I've quickly shifted from Jesus ministering to Jordan. I switched it from Jordan ministering to others. And it's like, okay, when are you, Jordan, going to chill out and let Jesus just be your best friend, hang out with you, minister to you, speak to your weakness? You don't always have to speak to other people's weaknesses. So that's, that's a telltale sign for me. It's like when my devotions are much more about like, ooh, what could I say about this? And Paul had that, right? Because Paul was a tent maker. Chris referenced this. Paul's a tent maker. And so that involves hours and hours and hours of privately sitting there doing work where he's probably mentally at least spending a lot of time in prayer thinking about God. He has that depth. Yeah. Jordan, and I, I empathize with that a lot because I feel like there's a lot of students that feel like they've got to get some stuff together before they even walk into the church. And I feel like you can use that just as a healthy, like um, a healthy way to like just judge yourself just to know, where am I at? Am I caring more about my appearance in front of others, even my spiritual appearance? Yeah. Because I was the kid that if I knew there was going to be small, like a small group coming up, I wanted to make sure I read something in the Bible. So if they went around and they were like, what did you guys read? <laughs> I wanted to be like, I'm ready. I've like, I like, I, I have something that I can And you're say. like always the first one to yeah, answer because yeah. you want someone else to take yours by accident because you got nothing exactly. else after that. We call that a spiritual sweat. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. I love that. But if, if you are more concerned about looking more spiritual in front of other people and the less concerned that you missed like five days in a row of reading your Bible— that is a really big red flag of, okay, I am misprioritizing some stuff right now. And what I need to do is care more about my time with God. It should, it should hurt more and it should sting more if I missed a day spending some time alone in his presence than if I showed up to church and was able to like have my Jesus Ugh, swag. Your, your flex. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I got to say this. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on this podcast. I hate the devil. He is so annoying to me because he takes something good, yeah. which is you wanting to like, you know, be seen as spiritual. I bet that starts good. Like the I want student to reach leadership podcast, also known as the, I hate the I devil do, podcast. Dude. That guy's a freaking dirtbag. Okay. Because, because it starts off genuine. I want to reach my school. I want to do the right thing. I want to be seen as a Christian. I'll stand for you, God. And then he takes it and he sprinkles a little pride on it. And then suddenly it becomes about us. And it's like, how did you do that? You weasel. So I think us realizing, oh, the devil is taking kind of something that started pure and and making it about me. And just, we got to get back to the basics. You're not a bad person. You're not an evil person, but come back to, okay, you and Jesus, your first love as the scripture says. And, and one thing I want to say to all students too, is we're not just telling you to do this 
just because it's the right thing or the Bible says, but it is also the most effective way to live your life for the Lord is to actually have a real relationship with him. So when you focus on the external, posting the TikToks, the Christian content, the, you know, the branding is the Christian in your high school, that is so not deep at all. That's so surface level. And so if you want to see people come to know Jesus in your school, this is truly the best way to do it. True influence. Okay. Last thing I'll end with one question. It's, it's a little bit, you know, dark, so it doesn't have to be, but, but I mean, I can't help but see the seven sons of Sceva getting embarrassed getting, we talked about them being naked for a little while. I said, Hey, yo, PG 13, at least. Okay. So, so, you know, them getting embarrassed, them, them having that happen to them. And he said, how long do you think you can kind of fake your relationship with God until you get exposed? And I was like, dang, that's harsh and hard, but I have lived it and it's true. So what do you think are some consequences as we're thinking about this? You know, the right motives, the right reason. I think it's important for us to see that there are consequences. What are some consequences to living too externally for too long in your youth group, in your family? in your friend group, in your school, what can be a consequence to a fall like that? So I'm thinking of two different things right now. One, I'm thinking of uh, like famous like leaders and pastors mm. that we know that have had moral failures. And then I'm also thinking of like a student or a pastor or someone influencer in like the Christian sphere that kind of blew up real quick and then disappeared. Ooh. So I think on the one hand, the leaders who are having moral failure, right? They probably had that relationship with Christ at one point, but got to a point where there was so much stress and, and worry that they kind of started to make, I, I don't what's, what's, what's the word there? Little, they started to deviate. They yeah. Started they, to, they started to go off the path a little yeah. bit. Um, and, and so that at least them making a big mistake. But then I think this is more talking about this story right here. It's more talking about someone who gets involved right away. They have some gifting. They have some talents. They're really good at preaching or leading worship mm. or gathering people. But after a couple of months or a couple of years, they just start to fizzle out and fizzle away because eventually they've poured out everything that was inside of them. Yeah. And they're not letting God's word fill them up with anything new. And I think that's a good distinction to make between those two things. Do you, you guys agree with that? Yeah, I totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, the biggest consequence you'll deal with is your own relationship with God. Because whenever you get to that point where you're realizing there is a huge divide between how, like two aspects of my life where there's something that's clearly wrong that's going on. There's some distorted views of my love for God and God's love for me. And there's some issues that are going on and whether that's some pain that you're trying to cover up or some other issues that you're trying to deal with. Whenever you hit that point of, all this stuff starts to become exposed. And really the reason why it becomes exposed is so that God can help you get to a better place. What happens is in that process, you're already just going to go further and further and further and be like, well, I'm already mad and I'm already confused. So at this point, I'm just going to walk away from the whole thing, which, which happens. And so the biggest consequence, because I know it can seem like, what about the following? What about other people? What about yourself? Like you need to love and care for yourself because that is the biggest thing on the line for your whole life 
is your relationship with him. Facts, yeah. dude. All right. I'm actually just right now really glad that Caleb, Colin, neither one of you took my answer. So I actually have something <laughs> to contribute to the conversation. Yay. I think one of the consequences is when your hypocrisy is exposed, like it was for the sons of Skiva, um, is that in, in, in that moment, you probably have defined what Christianity is for someone who's not a Christian. Yes. Yeah. And and that will probably be used by the enemy to keep them far away. Yes. Right? That's um, what I was going to okay. say. Okay. So, like, I had a moment when I was young in school where, like, my hypocrisy as a Christian was exposed. One of my friends got into, like, one of those little p- fights on the playground or something stupid like that. I decided this would be a really great opportunity to witness to him right afterwards. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. And so I tried. I tried tried and he was like he's still all worked up and mad and everything and, and he looked at me and he was like he's like dude you're the biggest hypocrite in school he's like everybody knows that you don't really live out or believe any of that christian stuff and i was like oh ouchie ouchie oh. but like it. so but like but i but the way i was living my life was defining what he thought christianity was So I think that that's part of the encouragement that I would offer to students is like the consequences here don't just affect you like like both you guys were saying, but they affect other people as well. Wow. Yeah. Just quickly to add to that. um, I was thinking we we live in such an individualistic society. Uh, I would imagine a lot of our listeners are in America. We're recording in America and and we just everything is about us. Oh, what's it going to do to me? I was thinking, what's it going to do to the church, like the body, the corporate? You know, it's bigger than you. And part of me was thinking, man, you might hurt your church's reputation. You being kind of dumb, reckless, not investing, jumping out into the spotlight, but not having the character to back it up or not caring about it, thinking you're bigger than accountability, thinking you're bigger than, you know, oh, these rules don't apply to me. That could prevent people from coming to your youth group for even, you know, years after you even graduate. So I think another thing to remember is, you know, you represent God. You are God, as you said, Aaron, to other people. You are Jesus and and how they view Christianity. So see it as bigger than that. Listen, students, we're talking about this because we believe in you. We really do. And we want to see you healthy. We don't want to see you, you know, care about influence is the way the world defines it. But we want you to be an influencer like Paul was, uh, a, a big influencer for the kingdom of God on your schools. And so we're talking about this because we think you can. We believe you are truly called to reach your generation and lead your generation. Thanks so much for listening in uh, to this one. Hey, there is another episode already recorded with Chris. So stay on your toes because that one's awesome as well. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you on the other side.